Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show. I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. In studio today, Jackson and myself are going to sit here and talk about what are we talking about today? Decision making. Decision making. Well, decisions are decisions, right? Yeah. And however you make them is how you make them. Whenever you make them is when you make them. Some come with more little knockback than others. Yeah, that's for sure. That's, that's for, for sure. sure. That's for sure. What do you? What do you? How do you? How do you make your decisions when you kind of hanging out through life with your friend and going through? How do you make your decisions? I feel like like through life, some decisions are kind of rash, and some come from like the lack of understanding of what you're doing yeah and some come from like your environment like say like being pressured about things wanting to fit in and wanting to be like other people rather than being like yourself yeah i feel like that's what the main component of decision making is yeah now how do you when you you said a couple different things right in the opening of the jump right you know, trying to fit in, trying to, you know, almost like make people think that you're something else or whatever. Yeah, so trying to be something you're not. Yeah. yeah. How do you, what do you, have you found yourself there? I mean, what do you do when you find yourself there? Like, find yourself in a spot where... Yeah, like, when, you, when you don't, when you know you don't fit in and you're trying to, or... I feel like, okay, sorry. To cut no, you off. no, I said, how do you... And even okay, so let, let, just just start there because I've got a couple questions. So, how do you, what do you do when you find yourself trying to fit in? I feel like trying to fit fit in. It's you're more trying to understand your new environment around you mm-hmm. and adapt and change yourself, which is not as always the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. What, what changing yourself from things around you is some people like. Sorry, I'm rambling a little no, bit. You're fine. But it's more of a thing where. People are afraid to be different. Mm. People are like afraid to be not like everybody else because they're afraid they won't have friends. They're afraid they won't. This person won't like them. And they're afraid like they'll be by themselves. So, I feel. Now let me ask you this: When you find yourself there, do you think it's because what do you what do you think it stems from? I know you said because you don't want to be by yourself, but. Right. Do you have a maybe I ask question? Do you have a problem being by yourself? Sometimes. Yeah. Well, what is it? Does it make you feel like you're? What does it make you feel like when you think of being by yourself? What does that make you think of? Um, I don't know. It's just like sometimes I like to like overthink a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So like when I'm like by myself, I'll start thinking about something, and then it starts to go down the rabbit hole of like past memories and like things where I try to like focus on like what I want to do in my life when, but I know it's like early yeah. but like it like scares me that it's gonna come too fast what, like what help me understand, help me understand that like because things in your past like what like from like I feel like when mom died like my memories just stopped and like I jumped to where we live now right yeah and i feel like just like the lack of my understanding of how like time moves it just feels like it's like moving like so fast and like 
I can't like focus on what's like going on around me quick enough. Yeah, yeah. that's a real thing because grief is. Uh, well, they say I learned from the grief class I took, grief share, and it talked about grief is will take your memory basically, right? And not only take your memory, but it will kind of like put holes in your memory. And there's some things when I just don't remember. Right. Yeah. And your mom died when you were four. Right. So you, that was that was actually one of my greatest fears for you because I knew it was coming, right? Where there was going to be a day when you're not going to remember her voice, when it sounds, the things you get from her to do, and I was like always grieving the most for you because. You were the you were the youngest when obviously died. I mean, you are the youngest one, but you and her were the closest. You know what I'm saying? So I always thought, well, it's going to be interesting here because wherever you she went, you went. You know, with all your brothers, you know, we would have, I would leave a room and it would be like their world would end if they didn't leave with me. For you, if I ever took you from your mom or she left the room, you would like your world would end. And I thought, well, it's going to be interesting here how this is going to work because you guys were really had a really tight bond together that the other, I mean, not, not that the other brothers didn't have a tight bond with their mom, but it was not the same type of, of kind of situation. So we've been living where we are now probably four years, strong four years, yeah. and it's been 10 years right. that she's been gone. You know, and time does fly. I mean, you were four. You're 14. And there's a whole lot of life ahead of you, right? You know, and there's a whole lot of bright light ahead of you, right? And not not like, oh, God, death or train, right? right? But you have to, not just you, so I don't say you, like like I had the answer, right? Right. I, I have to do the same thing. I've got to be able to decide what do I want from that life. Do I want to stay stuck ten years ago, or do I want to move? Hmm. But sometimes, for me, the thought of moving can be terrifying because where do you move? Not physically, but sometimes it is physically. How do you move? What do you wear? Where do you go? How do you do? And I. For you, I think I took it for granted. Oh, you're a kid, you'll get it. Because you're young. We're supposed you're supposed to be flexible, right? But do you think that some of our moving physically from house to house over the last probably I think six years six years ago, seven years ago we moved three times in three years. Right. Then being here, we haven't moved in four years. Right. But do you think the move here, that restart, hurt more and contribute to where you are or no? I feel like the restart did the both a good thing and, like, not so good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, good thing because it got us, like, out of a spot where it probably wasn't going to be good for us if we stayed there. Sure. But bad because I feel like when we left, like, I didn't know anything anymore. Mm. Like, I... I had to relearn like everything, and like. Now what does that mean? Help me understand what that means. Like not so much like finding friends, but just 
more so high trying to operate in a new area with people and things that I wasn't familiar with. Gotcha. And us living in Benefit, like, we lived there for so long, it's just, like, all, like, well, I knew, because I was, like, the only place I lived before we moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it was, like, sort of, like, a jump scare for me. Yeah. Like, moving so far away from where we lived so for so long. Yeah. And, like, where all of, like, my memories were. So I guess it, like, kind of hurt to leave that spot. Yeah. But I guess it kind of feels good to be, like, where we are now. Yeah. And the new area just trying to find our groove and how, like, how we operate day-to-day. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's still... People always say, you know, oh, it gets better with time, right? When I say better, I mean after you lose somebody. And I don't know if I agree or disagree. Right. Because, and then people always say, oh, times heals all things, all wounds. You know, I don't know if I agree or disagree with that either. Right? right? I think it just kind of masks things. Now, you would want to believe that it's not, doesn't hurt as much today as it did 10 years ago. Right. But I think for a lot of us, at least for me anyway, I had to kind of, those days come back in different ways, right. different times. For me, my landmines are Mother's Day, her birthday, uh-huh. and sometimes Christmas. Right. You know, because I used to love Christmas, and Christmas was her thing too, but I don't, that's why I think for several years, I don't even know if I'm kind of really kind of back in the groove of Christmas, but Christmas has a certain degree of sting. Right. You know, to it, um, because I think I spend more time dwelling on what you just don't have. Right. And I, for years, I was like, "Well, maybe I'll try to fill the hole with stuff." Right. You know, and hopefully like make that pain go away. Finding things to do. Finding things to do. To, yeah. But I had to come to a spot where I was like, you know, I can't. I can't plug a hole with stuff anymore because right. I used to have when we used to live in the house in Minifee I don't know why that in our bedroom as you came from the bedroom side towards the door right. I used to always imagine there was this hole on the wall I mean I could physically you know, there was no hole but right. in my mind I could always see the same hole it was about maybe nine or ten inches around it wasn't a perfect circle it was like if I had punched it there and it was always a dark like black hole and I used to always think yeah, I'll just put stuff in that hole to cover it up eventually I'll fill it up and the hole won't be there no more and so that was the hole in my heart left when your mom was gone because I was like damn you know there's nothing I could put in that hole to make the hole ever fill right but I think the only thing that helped me was that I just had to every day remind remember that that hole is a part of who we are. Right. But it's not going to define who we are. So I don't ever want to say, hey, you know, that's why I don't ever make those statements, you know, what would your mom say? At least I try not to ever do that. Right. Because she ain't said nothing to you in 10 years. Right. 
I mean, some of us may have dreams about her, and then there's no dispute, no disregarding or disputing or belittling that, right? Right. But in a physical sense, we have to be able to define who we are. That's where I've really kind of been on for myself the last couple of years is this whole redefining who I am, right. and that's why I, think I, I found myself. I watched uh, the Black Panther, the Wakanda Forever, and I think I saw it. I want to say I saw it by myself the first time. Maybe I didn't. I think we all went as a family, maybe. Yeah. Or I think you and Caden might have gone before oh, we all went together. Yeah, I, you're probably right. But in, in any case, I've seen it now, like, seriously, eight times. Right. At least eight times. I saw it four, at least four or five times in the theater, and I've watched it another equal amount of times on Disney at home. But the very first time I saw it, I was stuck. Because, um, what's the Shuri? Yeah. She said that when she was talking with um, Mbaku, when she after she got the Black Panther powers figured out, that she made all the other elders leave the room. Remember, he was talking about I wouldn't want you know. Ibaka said I wouldn't want this whole war for you. Your mom wouldn't want the queen wouldn't want this war for you. And her response was basically everything she wanted with for me stopped when she died. And I was like, what? Yeah. I I mean. When, when we were all together, I think we, I think we did, I think we did see it together the first time. Because yeah. I remember being stuck. I don't think I really saw the whole rest of the movie. Because in my mind, I was like screaming out and crying at that moment because that freed me. Right. Because I think all the years, so that's nine years, I had been trying to live up to something that that I thought your mom needed me to do. Right. And I was like, and I'm not saying that she didn't want what we're doing for us, because right. she would have wanted to have been here, right? And our life would probably be different, right. but that's not the life that the Lord has carved out for us. Right. You know, that house was supposed to be our forever house. That house I bought, I bought that house. I was real rigid in terms of where it was, why it was, because I saw that placement of that house in a dream. <laughs> You know, and that house had everything that in my dream that I saw. Where the, in fact, I don't know if you remember or not, but when you looked out of your guys' bedroom window at those kind of hills that would kind of come together, the moon sat right between them when it was a full moon. Yeah. I saw that in a, in a dream, so I knew that that was the space for us to be, and right. we wanted that place where our children's children's children would come and see, you know, their grandma, their big right. mom and big daddy for the until we both died. Right. But we never got there. And so, for me, I was like, that really sucks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that house had so much pain left right. for me. It was suffocating. Now, that's just for me. Right. But I tried my best to keep us there as long as I mentally could. Right. But I just, I think if, think what would have happened to us at least I know to me if I had stayed there in that town I think inside I would have died because right. I was already struggling right. because for the people that knew us there I didn't have an identity other than oh you're Sandy's dad right. or you're the boy's dad right. and 
I had to. I couldn't. I couldn't live like that. Right. I couldn't breathe. Bro, I even tried to go on a date one time. Oh, yeah. Tell you remember you telling us about that? Oh, gosh. And I honestly believe that's one of the reasons why I'm not with that lady right now. Right. Is because what this other lady said to us in the theater. And she didn't say anything demeaning at all. Yeah. But I could never... Maybe I... Since I was living my life through the lens and eyes of some other people. Right. I couldn't see myself as anything else besides Sandy's husband right. or your guys' dad. Right. So I needed to get to some place where I could be. Be someone like could revamp yourself. Yeah. And I don't want to say free. Right. Because that's not that's not what I'm not like like your mom had us hostage or her death had us hostage. No, I'm just trying to say that. But at some point, I remember when I went and she first died. I remember the five of us were still, or six, six of us, Shane was still there at that time. We were sitting on the floor. And I remember saying, you know, we're going to get up every day. We're going to shower. We're going to brush our teeth. We're going to live. We're going to get stuck on the day she died. Right. Which was what? February the 23rd of 2013. Right. I remember saying that. I remember saying that. And I remember the day. I remember almost almost remember what I was wearing. I remember it was a, it was a morning time. And nobody had gone to school cuz we were still trying to still trying to put find our together. new way. Yeah, I mean, and we're still trying to find our new way. Right. And I think what has helped me find that new way is a, is wanting to Wanting to be something new, wanting to be something more than what what was there. Right. right. I wanted to be something that I wanted. Right. And that takes a minute. I don't know. I don't know if I said this to you. I think I said it to Shane. I'm pretty sure I said it to Shane that when we, before we left the old house, I remember telling him, "Hey, you know, Dad's going to make some mistakes. He make some choices. I want to learn some things. I'm going to try some things because I don't know what I'm going to do anymore. I need to find who I am." Because when you all get old enough and leave the house, I'm not going to be that guy with 15,000 dogs, cats, pets, whatever this is, right. and gardening and sitting outside by myself. I'm not doing that. That's right. just, I just knew that's not what I wanted. Right. So from that point, I don't even know what year, so it's before we left Menifee, right? So from that point on, I've been making these subtle, I don't want to say subtle choices, subtle looks around and to figure out what I wanted from style of clothes to subtle decision yeah but I had to finally make some moves make some choices that were what I wanted I know I got better for a truck right because that and people always think well that was stupid you need an SUV and I and I ramble this way because I want you to hear my heart right. as you're maybe it'll help you as you're kind of coming along your own style and right. into your own thing is that I needed to do whether it be get rid of stuff move some way that it didn't remind me so much of the pain right because I can't be tied to something that holds me right. negatively not necessarily anchors me and secures me but there was some stuff that was really holding my mind hostage right so what was it the car was because I bought the car for her right. the truck Sequoia I bought it for her as our as I wanted 
when we went somewhere, when she went somewhere with you all, she would have a cool vehicle, do whatever, did not think about it, whatever, did that. Right. I couldn't drive the vehicle afterwards. Right. It would just, I'm not saying it would make me ill. But it just like staying in like, like it would feel make bad. Me, yeah, it would, it, everything. It yeah. was just, because I remembered every trip she would make. I remember every time she ran into something on the corner because the thing was so long to her. All four corners of the vehicle got marks on it because right. she or I was poking it on something because it was too long. Right. I needed to not have something that was so everyday memory. Right. That's why now, if you if we we kind of laugh, I think as a family, it's like, man, not many things left from the Menifee house. Menifee house, besides our washing machines. Got the washing machine. Those actually came. Are they Menifee house or are they Temecula? No, because I remember those in our washing laundry room. That's about like mostly what I remember from our house. Yeah, but I'm. My concern was my ass is because we had washers and dryers like that, I think, that came from the house before you were born. Right. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, those are... Probably from the Marietta house. It may, those may be from the Marietta house. Now, when she, she bought some stuff, I can't remember if that was appliance changeover or whatever, but... Oh, no, no, those are Menifee, Menifee house because the Menifee house, she bought blue... In the Marietta house, they were white. Right. So you're right. Those are Menifee. And then, so those are left from there. I think we have, what, these rack behind you. We may have a, we may have a trash can, maybe. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? And some pictures. We but, have the, oh, we, we have that blue, like, scratchy, tra- that blue, like, bubble trash can. Yep. That's, I don't even know what that is now. I remember you used it to drain your air conditioner there. Oh yeah, that's where it is. That's actually yeah. where it is. But and I'm and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Right. But if you know that certain things are draining for you, right. you gotta put them in a place to allow yourself right. to stay full or to get refilled. Right. Right. So. If me taking a lot of that stuff away was damaging, I mean, tearing the scabs off and the right. band-aids off all the time, sorry. But I think it came to a point where I had to choose my survival or not. Right. And, and, and it's, it, it was for real. It was just that for real. Right. Because... I had found myself, and I still find myself, and I'm and I'm got to do better. I think I'm doing better, but I got to do even even more better. It's not right. not proper English, but I found myself even when you guys were gone, even when she used to drive herself to her treatments right. before she got really sick. I used to find myself stuck in that house, staring out the window, right. waiting for you guys to come back. Or waiting for someone to call me from the schools or when you guys got cell phones to say they need something. You know what I'm saying? And I think even even this morning when I got that call from right. school, it was another one of those that brought me... It didn't have the same terror. Because I, I ain't going to lie. Right. I used to have terror, pain in my chest, panic like attacks when the school used to call. Right. Or you guys would call like, what, what what's going on? Because it used to be asthma, come get them, or... 
they're crying, they can't stay in class, or something, just sick, or whatever, or I just, I was waiting for that other shoe to drop, right? Right. And even now, when you guys, because when the shoe first passed, somebody would call me if I would wait for the house more than 20 minutes, I'd be yeah. call. I remember we were at, in the house one time, like, it's one of the few things I remember from Menifee, we were in our, like, remember the room, like, Aunt Cynthia stayed in before she, yeah. That room, we were yeah. in that room before she was there. Yeah. We had the computer in there. Yeah. Or you were somewhere doing, like, a, for something DJing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were all in that room. We were all pretty scared. Where, like, where's dad? If he's okay, if he's going to come back. Yeah. It was me and Evan, like, crying in there. And we were like... Uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, it's dirty. Uh, but, but it's... You're like... Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's just like the kid and Ryan trying to like help me and Evan like stay calm and like know that you'll get home soon. Like everything is going to be all right. But I still... Do you still... Do you ever find, like, find yourself concerned about that now? <laughs> do you think that that... Sometimes, sometimes I, <laughs> I get afraid that something's gonna happen to you or the boys, and <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to take care of myself or <laughs> keep going with the brothers. <laughs> you know, like when mom passed it, like it didn't like hit me right away, obviously. <laughs> Cause I was so young and all that, but I feel like the longer it went on and like the older I got it, the more like the pain like started to set in mm-hmm. and the more I started to feel like afraid of losing other people because yeah. the pain like that I felt when my mom passed away was like, wasn't fun at all. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I like. I didn't want to, like, lose you or Ryan. And, like, when he was having asthma problems, I would get afraid that he was going to not be with me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That he was going to pass away and I'd be, like, trying to figure out, like, how I would deal with mom being gone and, like, my brothers being gone. And, like, that's why, like, it hurt, like, so much that I wasn't as close with them. Like now, and I just feel like just like be the being able to be together is like what was most important for me. Just to know that like everybody was still gonna be with me, which was like I was scared if they weren't. I tell you what, I mean that's a legitimate part of the grief cycle, but. And there's nothing anybody can say to make you not feel that way. You have to come through that on your own to realize that's when we had talked about um, we've got to do everything as if it were the last day you'd ever got to do it. Right. Right? So you don't have that regret of what if. Right. Right? And, yeah, it's a legitimate thought. 
that you're 14 and not 18, what would happen to you should something happen to me? Right. Right? But what you have to believe, if you have a genuine belief in God, right? Just like the Instagram page that you have. Right. Right? You can't, we can't with our faith say with our mouth that we believe it. Right. And not believe with our heart and mind that we believe it. Right. And when I say believe it, I'm thinking about believe all that God is. Because even if I were to drop dead during this podcast, right? right, During the recording of this role, the Lord would still take care of you in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Right. I mean, no matter what taking care of us looks like. You know what I'm saying? So, what I have to constantly remind myself of is the fear part, the fear factor doesn't apply. It can apply because God's not fear. He's love, right? So if we come to God out of a, not a reverential fear, a fear that we have for God Almighty, I thank you for who you are kind of thing versus, Lord, I'm afraid of you, afraid of all this, afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. He doesn't hear those requests because if you don't, you don't believe I'm going to give you the next breath, you don't believe I'm going to take care of you, you know, he can't move. Right. So, but that has to come with your experience with God over time. Over time with God gives you wisdom from God. Right? So you get it. So you'll be able to look at times like this and go, okay, I did this and God did that. Right. Or this happened to me and then God did this. Right? Right? right. So that gives you wisdom so you understand who God is to you right for all the, all the for the two times or two times you were in the hospital for asthma to what the whatever Ryan was it three times or whatever he was four times whatever the airlift whatever you know falling out of the the our neighbor's house right. I don't want to use her name and tell people anyway you know falling out of their house to even now being at school but I guess I think as a dad, I think the part I assumed that you guys were kind of getting and I was hoping was clicking for you, not just you, but for all of us, me included, was that we need to understand and use that fear as leverage and fuel for us. Because if this was the last day I was ever going to live, I don't want to go out like we went out today. Right. Would you want to go out, if today was the last time, would you want Would you want it to end like today ended? No. Well, not end it because it has an end. <coughs> right. We're still going, so this is a good thing. But right. I wouldn't have wanted today to be, you know, seven fifty to be the way my whole day ended. Right? Because that sucked. I would. Right. Right. And and granted, if the Lord lets us get to Saturday, Saturday's going to suck for you because you won't be a part of Saturday's festivities. Right. right? But you're going to live past Saturday. Right. And I need for that to remind you. That if I don't live out all the way, being stuck in this whole jacked up feeling that you feel right now is a place where you'll live a portion of your life. Do you want to live feeling like this? Yeah. And me feeling that, making that decision, then that's what has helped me want to start this business want to you know stay on radio decide if we're going to be on radio anymore um, 
create shirts that are positive, right? For those moments when I feel like I need the motivation. There's moments when I wake up, bro, I it sucks. Yeah. I don't want to get out of bed. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's moments where I rather shoot. I'd rather go, you know, like people say, I'd rather go eat a bullet all day long. You know what I'm saying? And be right. done because it doesn't, it sucks, right. you know? But how does that impact you guys? If I were to do something like that, if I were to give up, right. I can't afford to give up. Right. Because I already, I already know that from my bloodline, from my past, right. you all struggle with insecurity, being afraid that your mom's gone so the feeling of loss and insecurity and identity I get it so my goal is to try to live every day with the opportunity to show you all that you can do it and that's why I try to help share as as transparent as I can with my experiences so you guys realize well dad wasn't perfect and he's not perfect so maybe I got a shot you know because I'm 53 and I'm still screwed up but I'm trying to just screw up less and reduce the impact but if you all can get a a, a real good understanding that there's nothing positive that I can't do right and that if I just but tried sometimes even a little bit Wow, I can imagine what that looked like if I tried a little bit. Okay, what happens if I try a little bit more? Huh, I wonder what happens if I try a little bit more. Right? So you don't have to worry about it. And I think, because for me, the only thing that's helping me is that, you know the Bible talks about Peter stepping out of the boat and standing on the water. Have you ever thought about that story and the the, the practical, what that looks like? Because I think a lot of the times it's easy to get caught up on the thought that ain't nobody, in the way hell he stood on some water. Right. Not unless it was frozen. Right. Right? But let's let's think practically. Right? Mom died. That same day, we had to keep living. That's what standing out on water looks like in our lives. Getting up and leaving the house, ideally with a shower, right? Right. In clean clothes. That's what standing on the water looks like. Continuing to be whoever we are now and finding out what that is that's what standing on the water looks like right continuing to grow and to get to the point where we are now 10 years later so we're going to say we're 10 years old now right because and I say that because whatever we were before kind of stopped and now we're a new group of guys young men men that have a different view on life so we had to kind of grow into whatever we were going to be and whatever we are becoming. But that's a choice. Right. And we had to really choose. Do you want to be 
living in something like that or you want to live in something like this in, in, in whatever that or this is choose it that is something negative and jacked up something like this would be something positive and on point and then when you make the decision of what that or this is you have to go after it with everything you have inside and, them, and I promise you, there are going to be some days when there ain't going to be nothing inside. Right. Ten minutes ago, I was, I remember, um, I was, we were prepping for worship. I think it was on a Saturday. And I remember he told the worship team, he says, you know what? I may not have, I may not be at 100% every day. I may not have 100% to give you, to give to God. He says, but you know what? I tell God I'm going to give God 100% of what I have. And sometimes people say, 100% of nothing is nothing. But there's honestly, do we really have nothing? Right. If we're breathing, you got something. Right? So if I got a breath, because God's given us the next breath, because otherwise we're dead. Right. So that means I got something. That means I could use that breath for good. I could use my powers for good. Right? So, where do you think? Where do you go from here? What do you do? How do you how do you help you? How do you because you can't really help anybody else to you decide how you want to help? But I feel like the way to go from here. I know it may sound weird, but I feel like this is like the best way for it to happen because mm-hmm. it's the only way to like bring light to situations like with kids. Yeah. So I guess the only way from here is really just to. I'm trying to find the word. Bring awareness mm-hmm. to. I don't really know, like what I'm trying to say, like holy, mm-hmm. but like, I'm, I guess really what I'm trying to say is this: the only way to go from here is to to learn from what's happening these past couple of days and and take it as steps to build on where we need to go and where we're trying to go and like just really take it as a as a lesson really yeah so when you so for the people who don't know they're like, oh, so what happened so even it doesn't matter what happened with you right it's really what happens with any of us you're, you're basically saying no matter where you find yourself in your day in your life you can use that as a point to start is that what you're saying oh okay well okay well for for that one, I'm saying, like, no matter at any spot in your life, mm-hmm. it's, I guess it's, I don't really know what I'm trying to say at this point, but. Well, how would you, how were you, how were you going to use this? It may help you define it. Well, the only way that you really can use it is to learn and yeah. to build off of it, to build a better mindset, a better understanding of things I, I do, things on the decisions I make can not only harm myself, but affect others. Yeah. And how really the thought process on even the smallest things could be detrimental to you. Does it, do you feel a, an extra amount of pressure now thinking about, oh my gosh, everything I do is, is that serious or what? Well, I feel like, I feel like, like now it makes me 
afraid to like make do something wrong like not even like just in one aspect but just like i don't just just afraid to just have that one like bigger mess up to where it could just like take everything from me but does that make you paralyzed to not want to try uh, to a certain extent but i feel like that's not the way i should take it right i feel like i should use it to move forward to not keep me where i am right instead yeah so it's is it the mess is it the fray the fear of messing up i guess it's the, the formal right so the fear of missing out in this case it's the fear of messing, messing up, up. Yeah. so i don't know if you remember but in our house mom had put this picture up i, I we sold it right. but we can always create another one um just for what we do with shirts and maybe that's a graphic that you create or we create right. together or something it's um, nothing beats a miss like a try right so to me it's it's it stands out to what you're talking about I mean we can mess up all the time but you don't learn anything in success right you learn a, you know more about who you are who we are with mistakes with mistakes right you know I think we talked about that before where your character's not built in success. Your character's built out of failure. Right. So you're going to learn a lot about yourself during this process of seeking, I don't want to say enlightenment, but but like I guess you can refer to it as an enlightenment. Yeah. Like, I guess like the only word, but yeah. I, or another thing is you can call it like trial and error. Yeah. Trial and error. Yeah. Because how would I know not to make mistakes unless I make them? But, but like, yeah. obviously not like in that standpoint, yeah. but like, I how do I know how to learn from it? And like, I don't know where I'm going, but like, how do I know to learn from it unless there's consequences to it? Or right. like, there's... Now, I'd like, encourage you to, to, to craft your words differently. Now, because we're all going to make mistakes. Right. Now, you may be honestly thinking, maybe, no, no, putting words in my mouth, but are you thinking of it more of, don't want to make bad choices versus a mistake? I feel, I feel like bad choices. Okay. But I feel like mistakes are going to happen because it's yeah. natural to people. Yeah. And I can't, I obviously can't say I'm going to be oh i'm not gonna make any more mistakes i know that's not true Correct. i know there's gonna be mistakes at some point some sure. bigger than others yeah but what did you say like with with but this making choices and it's yeah only, and it's about really what happens after you make the mistake it's yeah. really what happens next and because you the mistakes we make today right yesterday tomorrow the next right. day tomorrow's tomorrow they're gonna keep building who you are gonna be right and how do you pick up after that is going to really teach you more about you and teach you more about life right right. right. like we talked about today you know, no matter what happened even if this was four years from now and right. it was today okay it would be a whole lot <clears throat> larger of an impact and larger set of choices right but would it have been the end of your life no would it, been, would it have been the end of your career no no so no one died as a result, right? But even so, even if someone had, are you still, are you still alive? Yeah. So you have an opportunity 
to make something better out of it. So that's one thing that helps me. No matter as long as I've got a breath, like we talked about earlier, then I can dash. Then I got a chance. Right. I got a shot. Because some folks ain't got breath, and they're done. Right. Well, as long as you got some breath, and you're still in it, and you're still in it. I mean, look at, um, but gosh, even look at some of the basketball games. I was about to say like. Uh, go ahead, actually. Go no, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, like, John Morant's yeah. mistakes, along with, um, I, don't know, I don't know if I told you about that kid, Mikey Williams, yeah. the basketball player. Yeah. 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 Uh, they had to learn from what they did to build who they're going to be. Yeah. And those guys are much more public right. than you currently are. Right. right? So their their mistakes are really visible. So can you imagine a mistake like what some of those guys have, that you mentioned have made in the public's eye? And then they still had to come out in the case of John Murray had to still come out and play. Play. And listen to people talk. Talk bad about him and say this, that, and the third. Yeah. Well, but I'm not saying it doesn't matter what people think. Right. But the truth is we can't allow what anybody thinks about who you are, what you did, what you said, what you may have said, what you wanted to say, what you didn't say, right. what you did, what you're going to do, make a difference. As long as God is, is excited about what you're doing and you know he's forgiving you, right? Now it's time for us to forgive ourselves and keep it moving. Right. I think, um, football analogy, they often say as a quarterback, you know, quarterbacks are guys that, that play out there on the wide receivers, Right. right? They're, it's usually just them, and sometimes there's a, there's a safety behind it. But depending on what decision, decisions, right? Depending on what decision that the safety or the free safeties make, that corner may be on an island by themselves. Right. So, if a corner falls, slips, if it's a beautiful play, perfect play, perfect throw, perfect catch, and the receiver catches and scores, and no matter what that corner does, he allowed that touchdown to be there. The cornerback can't constantly think about that last play right? or 20 plays back or two games back or however last year right? because if you're always worried about making the mistake you're never going to be able to play properly because you're going to be playing not to make a mistake not to mess up so you have to find that way not to have that fear of messing up that formal sort of formal Right. right And go from there. So I messed up. So what? Just keep it moving. Keep it moving. I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna be better from it. Right. Use it to use it as a learning point. Use that something to make me better. And if someone else can see and learn from you, it's gonna make them better. At least you would want to believe. Right. Right. But that. But that choice is on them. You know, to make better choices. Right. You know, so if someone looks and says, ooh, Jackson did this and this happened, or Jackson didn't do this and this happened. Right. You know, so moving forward, I know you can't really speak into tomorrow because tomorrow is not here. Right. Yeah. What do you think you can do or what do you plan to do or what tools you think you can do or choose to do to use to help you stay and not stay on the right track, but help you make the best choice possible as often as you can. Because it's not going to be perfect. 
It's right. just not possible to play perfect. Right. I feel like the the way to make the best the best decisions possible is really taking like to account the th- like past actions and use it as like um like a reference point mm-hmm. for new things that are coming. Yeah. Like and I'm not saying like all the things in your past are going to be similar to what's going to happen and to you in the future, but some of the your experiences that you've gone through are definitely going to help more than others. Sure. In the long run. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It should give you experience like with where you've been with track. When you played basketball last season, you could hardly get up and down the court right. more than maybe twice without being winded. Right. Now you, you feel you said I can do this, like it's nothing now. Right. You know you what you did with four events one day. Yeah. Four sprinting events. Yeah. In one track meet, and you weren't laying out dying. You were tired. Uh, yeah, but but equate those four races to what it would have been on the basketball court. Yeah. You know, so how how do you think you felt before tired at the end of a game or during the course of a game? Clutching your chest and right. gonna go sit down right. versus after particular meat that you. How do you feel now? Like my stamina standpoint. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely easier with my endurance to play basketball because I feel like the distance is not as far as I'm like used to now with track. Sure. Where it's like a lot of like fast pace running around sure. a bigger area. Yeah. And basketball is more of like a down and back across a smaller court. So I think that like that distance closing up is my body's used to doing something like longer. So I feel it gets, I have more energy that I'm able to use for a longer time on the basketball court because I, my body's like starting to be more trained to not use as much or to not need as much. Or to be able to, or to, to use what to it's got. Use what longer. it's got longer. Yeah. So, how did you get? How did you build up your endurance? How did you get to the point where you can now run faster, longer? Oh, really? Just what they've been having me do at track. My conditioning, my uh, resistance drills. Well, conditioning for those who don't know what's this, so those don't work out. What is conditioning like? Lots, just lots of laps. Lots of laps. Lots of laps, a lot of sprinting. Like, I do, we do 200 meters, mm-hmm. and then we do, um, we do two 200 meters, two 100 meters, and then two 400 meters. Mm-hmm. That's usually our conditioning. And then sometimes he'll have us do, like, not parachute running, but like, instead of a parachute, you'll get in, like, We're pulled by a partner. Sure. Yeah. So, in all of that, Resistance and running and kind of pushing your body to the end till it right. wants to quit. I'm sure you have moments during those yeah. those conditioning drills and times when you just said, "Screw it, I'm done." Yeah. What keeps you from giving up? Really, I just want to not have to worry about getting tired on the basketball court. No, but beyond that, more basic. What makes you stop? What makes you not stop during the middle of your conditioning drill to say, "Screw, it, I'm done." Coach, I'm, I'm out of here. I want to, I well, really, what keeps me going is I want to show not just like my teammates, but my coach that that I'm worth more and I can do more. 
and I'm not just going to give out on the short runs. Okay. So I feel like that keeps me going and motivated to stay in with the conditioning. Okay, so you have a goal, something yeah. that's personal. Yeah. So now take what you've just described for your conditioning, that goal, <clears throat> and apply it to what we've been talking about and making good choices. Okay. How can you become, how do you take that goal or develop a goal? And then how can, let's talk then about how can I then find, how you found something to keep reminding yourself to make better choices. So when it becomes time, to make a choice, it's based on what you mentioned before, your past. So you're cre- how, do, how can you create a past of making good decisions to help you with the future decision? Well, really there's, there's like not one way to put it, mm-hmm. but I feel like making the future decisions, like the only way I'm going to be able to like guide myself to make the right decision in that moment I feel is to do it not just like the me now but the me in the future Mm -hmm. like for for example like if I get in if I was to get in trouble for something that would go on my permanent record Mm -hmm. that was major I could maybe lose chances of getting scholarships or just like going to colleges or anything like that so I feel like just a thought of like me losing like something that could be would I feel hopefully like steer me away from something that could hurt me. Okay, so let's. But as like, I, can, no. I, I don't know. So so let's add some meat to that. Do you have a goal? Um, I know you. I know you're 14. It's like oh my god, a goal? No, I mean a short term, something tangible. I want to get to, I want to keep my grades up or try to get my okay. grades up. And I want to have a, a better better grades my sophomore year. Because mm-hmm. I just want to focus on the year that's going to be at hand. I just want to just do the best that I'm capable of. Okay. I feel like that's the short-term goal I have is just to really just build my like grounds in school sure i guess okay. i don't really know where i'm like going with it well let me want let me add this then okay. so in doing some conditioning drills then with that with your your instagram site that you have you were putting some real positive messages out there right right do you think that doing whatever study or reading or positive messaging seeking post like that do you think that helps could build up your conditioning your endurance to continue to make better choices I feel like I feel like it can and it can't okay I feel like it can because obviously when you're learning about something it you take a lot into it in account sure. and you're you're thinking about it constantly it could possibly like change the way you act and sure. all of that but I feel like as well as even if you're learning about something good, mm-hmm. you're still gonna be at the possibility of make, taking a risk and doing something that's not good. Oh, definitely, definitely. But just we're talking about just building the endurance, though, right? Because at the same thought is that could be saying that, hey, 
I, I run all these these laps. I run all these hundreds and two hundred meters, and like I said, and I run bleachers or stairs, or right. run resistance bands, and I got injured. I pulled my hammy, or pulled my groin muscle. So make me. Th- so do you? Th- does that also make you think? Well, all this conditioning and training ain't worth it if I'm gonna get injured. Right. Sometimes it does. Okay, but do you? Do, but do you train? Afraid of the injury? Are you fr- are you training to win? Training to win. Okay, so then, if an injury comes, the conditioning actually helps your body heal faster. Right. So, if we're conditioning our mind, training it to win, for the moments that it loses, right. we should our mind should be whatever we should be able to heal and recover faster. Right. That's that's where I'm hoping to, for you to go. Oh, okay, so. Part of my mental conditioning is to feed my mind with some positive thoughts. To right. feed my, to get my emotional and spiritual conditioning, I've got to feed my emotions and spiritual side with some good things. Right. To feed my body and condition my body better, I've got to do the things with the physical side. Nutrition, water, sleep, right. exercise, right? So that in each of these moments when an injury may arise, my body can recover. But you don't work out... Maybe I should say this. You don't work out with the thought of an injury coming. Right. Otherwise, you'd be like the glass man. Right. right? You you work out with the thought of, I run this race to win. Like you said, to, to, to endure to the end. Right. And if I get hurt, i got to get recovered to get back in it. So I'm hoping it's from this as many days as you can forward once you change your mindset it it makes all that into perspective it changes everything right so then you don't think about running to get hurt oh if I mess up what if I drop the baton okay so what if you drop the baton so if you drop the ball so if you don't make the shot what if you make a bad pass right right but the next pass or the next one you get after Maybe drop, maybe drop two. Maybe drop four. Saw somebody gave a stat about Michael Jordan. I think it was Giannis. I don't know if you saw that. That Giannis interview where somebody recently they got eliminated from the playoffs for 2023. Right. He said, hey, do you think this... The question was, do you think this year was a failure? And I hadn't heard such candid, truthful comments from you know, a lot of actors, athletes, people in general. I think we're so busy trying to be politically correct. And... His answer was, look, Michael Jordan played, like, what, 15 years in the NBA? And he won, like, what, six titles? I think it was six. So he asked the guy, so do you think those other nine years of Jordan's career, do you think they were failures? Right. And the guy was like, well, no. He said, well, exactly. So bring it to us. We made one mistake today. Maybe we made two mistakes today. Right. So the rest of my day was a failure? No. The rest of my life was a failure? Right. No. It's, and I always try to, when we were, when I was coaching with basketball, I used to always try to get us, do you guys understand? If you make one mistake, let that go, right? Don't make two mistakes worrying about, frustrated about the mistake you just made. Right. Because, you know the drill in basketball. Mm-hmm. If you don't get back on defense after you turn the ball over, you can't take it out. 
Well, what, what happened? Or no, no, no. no. Are, well, that's probably true too. But I'm saying, too. then they'll get a bucket. Right. So LeBron James is famous for and Kobe Bryant famous for their chasedown blocks. Right. Because LeBron would turn the ball over with the best of them. Mm-hmm. Right. But he has conditioned his mindset to, huh? Damn it! I dropped the ball or I gave it away, but I'm gonna go get it back on the other side. Right. And he'll go down and play great defense and prevent as do as much as he can to prevent that person who has the ball from making a shot so he makes he reduces his number of mistakes from one or two down to one you know what I'm saying because we right. can never make none or you can make as none as often as you can but you're going to make some right so I'm hoping that as you take and find those mental conditioning pieces you find that those spiritual emotional conditioning pieces along with the physical conditioning pieces hmm. that as you make a mistake spiritually physically emotionally that you could just hopefully recover faster hmm. and keep it moving right otherwise we're gonna be stuck right and I don't I don't want any one of us stuck you I don't know about you do you I don't you want to be stuck no I think stuck sucks right so so I think I think what I'd encourage you to do too is to journal whether it be audio video doing more shows like this even just talking through your thoughts sometimes it's daily I think it helps maybe daily helps for a minute to kind of get you through where you are you know what I'm saying right maybe it's weekly I don't know but I encourage you to find something it's like you said, you mentioned the kind of grounding yourself, kind of give you some stability to stand on. Because when you're out there on that water, like Peter, trying to do something that's different, trying to be, this is what that looks like. This is what Peter standing on the water looks like. Right. Lord, if that's you, I'm going to get out the boat. Yeah, come on. That's me. Lord, if this is, if that's you, I'm going to try to be different than I've allowed myself to be the last, I don't know, day, 10 days, year, whatever it is. I want to be different. So, if that's you out there showing me how to be different, even though I make mistakes, I need you to say that's you. Okay, that's you? Okay, here I come. And Peter didn't get it right, did he? Right. It just said he walked on the water. Right. It didn't say how far. It didn't say how long. It just said he did. Right. And then what happened? Fell in. Because why? Took his eyes off the Lord. Ah, see? So he made a mistake. Right. But did Jesus leave him? No. What did he do? He said, picked him up. Picked him up. He rescued him. Mm-hmm. Put him back on the boat. Right. Oh, right, we can try again. No big deal. A little faith. I get it. When are you going to learn? He gave him a little lecture, probably. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or I like to say from parents, I'm going to a little lecture. You know what I'm saying? Talk a little trash to him. Mm-hmm. But did he leave him? Mm-mm. So... Is God, is God going to leave you? Has he left you because of a mistake you made? No. So, what are we going to do? Keep moving forward. That's all you do. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. It may suck. It may be the hardest days of your life for right. the first few moments, right? But it'll pass, right? Mm-hmm. So, you have, to, you have to learn to forgive yourself. I have to learn to forgive myself. I got to... Because nobody, there's going to be people that will hold that against you for life. Who knows? Maybe there's one of these those guys that'll say, "That's it. 
come back to their 40th year high school graduation and go, reunion. You remember that day when you made my life hell? Like, look, dude, you, seriously, you hung out of that for 40 years? Right. Are you serious? Imagine what your life would be like if we stayed in February 20, what was it, 24th? 23rd? Or 2023? Imagine what our life would be like if we stayed there. Because you can't stay there right. physically. You can stay there mentally, right? Then what happens? You're checked out. Your life is frozen. Right. But imagine if you continue to live and tried your best as whatever best looked like. And sometimes best was just getting out of bed. That was the best as good as get. Right. I got out of bed today. Because some days you're not going to get out of bed. Right. Trust me. Believe it. Well, yes, you got to get out because you got to pee. Right. You're going to pee in your bed. And that, I know some of y'all, some of y'all pee in your bed, poop in your bed. That's crappy. That's nasty. Mm. You, get, you, get, you, get, you get some help for that. But whatever it takes for us to become better, and those who are listening, those who you know, are mental health professionals, if it requires you know, mental health, if it requires counseling, if it requires whatever it requires, you need to do that. And there's no shame. Mm-hmm. Trust me, there's some embarrassing moments. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think the embarrassment moment just becomes our pride in saying that we had to admit that we had a problem. Right. But even with those people talking about the 12-step program, or I don't know how many steps it is, so those who got it, forgive me if I got the steps wrong, but the steps of the process is one of the steps is admitting that you have a problem. Mm-hmm. We all have problems. We're not perfect. And I think that's where, for me, having a performance spirit back in the day that I used to have, where I wanted everybody to think everything was all right, and I was this perfect you know, angel guy, whatever, perfect dad, perfect husband, perfect, perfect. Which is a bunch of horse monkey. Right. I want to say the other word, but I don't want to do that right now. Right. But it's just not true. It's crap. Because if we just would be real, and as you walk through, because I'm sure even that you had not shared with me the whole exactly what happened today. And that's fine and for you, you know what I'm saying? But it's not fine for you to get through. You know what I'm saying? You have to tell me what exactly happened. Or maybe you did tell me. I'm just saying, there's going to be a nuance to your view versus what actually happened. And that's the truth. Right. Right? But you're not going to be free from it until in your mind you reconcile what really happened. Your role in it. Admit it and forget it. You're going to have to give that to God. And if that, that's what cast Can I tell care. a story off sure. of what you're saying right there? Please. I remember one t- based off what you're saying, like you have to let go of it. Yeah. I remember, I don't know, a little while ago, I was, um, I did something and I was in trouble for it. I remember I was angry at myself and I was kind of didn't want to talk to anybody and I was beating up on myself, but I just wanted to make people think like, oh, like yeah, I'm good. I just 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 go away. I'll just I'll I'll talk to you later. But I remember I was in my room and I was like. I was thinking about what happened, and I was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember, like, it, like, whatever I did, it gave me, like, physical pain to where it was, like, in my chest to where I was, like, I kept holding it on for so long and not, like, wanting to deal with it. And just, like, not, like, beating around the bush, but, like, stuffing it down and, like, just acting like those emotions weren't there. But I remember one night, like, I was on my bed, and, it just hurt and I was I didn't know what to do and I was 
and I was crying on my bed, and I'm like, I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And I started to pray, and I'm like, Lord, I can't, I can't take this anymore. Like, it hurts. It hurts bad. I just need you to take it from me. And then I remember, like, the pain, like, it, like, like it's immediately gone from my chest. I feel like it, like, flew out the window. And, like, I feel like when I dealed with it head on, it made a bigger difference than me pushing it down and not dealing with it. That's what that scripture looks like. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And I think your guys' age with what is it, the Gen Z's, right? And even the millennials, but the Gen Z's, you guys are a group that look I wanna see it. Show me. I don't need nobody to tell me. I need right. to shoot I need to either experience it or I need to be real with it. Right? Well people some people believe that the Bible is fake or it's a bunch of stories that don't make sense. Right. But if you read them for the stories that applied to your situations, they're real, just right. as real today. Nobody may be walking physically on water mm-hmm. unless it's required. Right. Right? And I, goes, I was sharing last night, Tuesday night in this, our study, it was if me needing to walk on water was required and my faith was, was needed to be tested to that point, then it would happen. Right. So, just like with you, you proved that you knew that the Lord was there enough and you trusted in that moment. So you know what? I'm gonna give it to you. But as best we can, now you need to remember what happened and go, okay, the Lord heard me. What? So that experience for God over the time you live in, right, it's gonna give you wisdom. Right? And so I think I would always say, what do you call it? Experience what it's like. I have to go back and read. I'll, I'll post it. It's something. It's something with God over time gives you experience with God. Right. You know, it gives you wisdom. Yes. And then there's another one. It gives you something else. I'll, I'll send it. I'll find it. Okay. But in any case, you're getting that experience with God by those interactions over time. It's going to give you wisdom. Now you're going to learn for yourself what this looks like. Oh, I guess that's the end of the episode. So, we got the end of the episode. We got the music playing in the background. I'll mute that so it doesn't come all over the microphone. But, yeah, I mean, that's what we really have to learn how to do is use our wisdom based on our experience with God to give us what we need. Right. To help us with at least something that sucks. Yeah, it'll eventually pass. Right. Because it's more of an embarrassment thing that you have on the inside. Well, we give the embarrassment away. Right. Because God doesn't think anything less. Right. I may mope around the house and look funny and stomp around. Right. I'll do my best, but that's my problem. Right. You know what I'm saying? Do I love you any less? No. Am I frustrated with you? Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that's just a difference. Lack right. of love versus frustration. That's, right. that's, you know, am I pissed off? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Am I embarrassed? Yeah. But it doesn't mean I love you any less. And I think that's, for families, I think that's where the differences, I think, we kind of think they're the same. I think we're in, I think as a parent, as a husband, well, not a husband now, but in the moment, right? I think when I used to think I had done something upset your mom or upset you guys, I used to think, well, they're not going to love me anymore because I didn't wasn't perfect and I made them mad. And I think that is obviously a lie. Some people do put conditions on their love. I have I've had that with family and friends that have put conditions on 
their love for me based on what they wanted or saw for me, right? right? But it doesn't matter what they see. And it really it doesn't matter what I see for you. It's your life. You've got to live it out all right. the way. All the way. Because I can only influence what you do while you live in here. You leave here, it's your life. Right. Even 18 years old living here, it's still your life because you're an adult. I can no longer do anything to really force you to do anything. Right. No, I can kick, kick you out of the house because you're 18 year adult. Right. Fly be free. But still, I can do medical stuff for you. If you get arrested, just for real, for real, you know, it's 18. Right. And we're not saying that what's, you know, what happened is an arresting kind of thing, right? But we're saying that at this particular moment, as you're learning to make good, wise, better, better decisions, when you get to be an adult, those decisions belong to you 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, for right now, they belong to you probably, probably 60 or 80%. Right. I mean, they're 100% yours, yes, but there's a point where I can still get involved. Right. But my dad used to tell me something. That was always thought was good. If you help yourself more, I can help you longer. So if you help yourself, try to figure out how to get to these certain parts, getting other people, not that you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. We say, hey, like we found out today, I don't know how to do this balance sheet. So we phone a friend, text a friend. You got okay. some help. Hey, I don't know how to do certain things with sports. I don't know how to do certain things with counseling or becoming better mentally and emotionally and physically. Okay, we find those pieces. So I don't want you to ever think that you've got to do this all yourself at 14 or 15 or 16 or in my case 53. Right. Sure. You can't. And that's why I think doing shows like this and sharing your story, maybe if you journal or you post or something that allows you to what do you call it? Um, you don't want it to be a stumbling block for you because like you said, you, you hold this stuff in, you saw a physical manifestation of what that pain and that keep re- retaining that look like, holding on to something. When you let that go, you were like, you were free. So, the devil can't use anything of that against you and accuse you. So look at you, you're a liar. He's still going to try. That's his job. Right. To accuse you. But it's, it was easier when you made that call today and you said, hey, this is what's going on. You got out ahead of it. Right. Versus having to receive a call. What the heck's going on? You know what I'm saying? It's so much easier. Even when the, the call came and you told me what was going on. It's so much easier once you diffuse it and you get out in front of it than... Rather than somebody doing it. So that's a, that's a, that's a huge thing about character. Right? And... Again, my goal is to make a shirt. I hope you wear it tomorrow. I hope you wear it as often as you can. Not because it is something from our, you know, life wear design clothing line. That's, yeah, selfishly, yeah. But I think that line is nothing but positivity, right? Where the, it's going to say it's going to be a hashtag character matters. And the second one is going to be characters. But what we type, what we say, what we put out there matter and I'm not saying that you wear something positive every day 
But I tell you what, there's some days where we need to wear something positive every day, if not to show someone else, mm-hmm. but to remind ourselves. Okay, I need to. I need like the shirt I'm wearing, still wearing right now is you know some lessons I have to learn, others I have to teach. It's reminders. When I want to get angry and yell and scream and be me and turn tables over and cuss and scream and if I choose to go get drunk afterwards, oh my god! It reminds me of I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. That's got, we got to be better. So, like we talked about, surrounding yourself mentally, emotionally, spiritually with things that condition our minds, our bodies, our spirits to become better, to recover from those mistakes. That's why I do the raising mission. That's why I do these shirts. That's why I'm out here trying to do these designs for you all to wear. Not because I think I'm the best designer. Not because I think I'm like, what's that guy from New York? Um, just saw him today. Him and Diddy were on the on the on New York Street. Um, oh my gosh! Designer? He's a designer. One of the oldest, most famous black designers. Virgil? No, Virgil was with the other designer, but he's an he's old, older than him. Older ball headed guy. Oh my gosh! What's that guy's name? Anyway, I'll post him too. But it's a. Uh, it's not that I want to be the next great designer. It's that. I want to be able to keep myself positive. And I know if I'm struggling with it, whatever it is, there's somebody else who's struggling with it too. And that's the part I'm trying to get you to see. Or if you journaled something, or if you posted something, not to get 15 million or 100 million followers, like however many, like a billion followers, like The Rock has or whatever, but it's to get that one person. Right. You imagine if one kid came up to you, one adult, and one person said, "You know what? Your story saved my life because I heard that you had done this or that, or you had struggled with this or that, or like I said, this, that, or third, right. right? And I was too. I thought I was the only one. There's no way you're the only one. Right. There's no way I'm the only one. There's no way. There's too many people out here. Right." But in your circle of influence, you don't know, you don't, and I, and I struggle with this myself, I'll tell you. I don't know how far out our circle of influence goes. Right. Because I'll post something, I posted something the last two days. On Facebook, I don't think I got any likes. When I say no, no likes, I don't think I got any. Instagram, maybe seven people might have viewed it. But it's something I took a chance to put some meat behind, some depth behind my my single raw post. Right. Right? And it had some weight to it. And not people not everybody wants to deal with the weight. Right now, our society wants to just swipe by real quick, look all make it look all nice and neat, become videos, my whole life is flashy, and keep it moving. I was laughing one day. Someone took a picture, made a post like they were on an airplane. When they used, like, the taking a picture of an airplane uh, window. Yeah. It was actually the behind the scenes. That was the window was actually a toilet seat. Wow. And they had it with a poster of a clouds. So the big poster of a cloud. Mm-hmm. So the camera took it through a toilet seat. I'm talking about the seat, the part that you put down and you sit your butt on. Mm. That was the window. And they would just sit at home in a busted old apartment. Mm. 
sitting on millions of followers. Like it, like it was like they were really in the middle of the air doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'd rather live authentic than live fake. And I'm not saying that people who are on social media are fake. I'm not saying that at all. So let's not let's not take that as a takeaway. Right. But if I can't be authentic for me, I don't sleep well. Right. And that's all I think we ever I've ever asked you guys to do is to is to find what you're passionate about. And that's true. If if any of these sports that I'm kind of encouraging you to do is not your thing, then don't do it. But what I want you to do is to find what you want to do and do that to the best of your ability. But as you go along the way to find out what you want to do, okay, maybe we do some sports. We do some graphics. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do some podcasts. Take some photos. Write some stuff down. You know what I'm saying? Interview some people. Jump up and down. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Do something till you find out, hey, that's the 6,457th thing I tried. That's what I really want to do. Okay, cool. But let's go find somebody to help you become better at that. Right? Right. That's all I'm looking for. Because I, I don't want you to have a story like me where I want you to go do this because I told you to. Because I don't want you to live your life for me. You live your life for you. Because you're the only person who's got to be happy with it. Every part of the day. The beginning, the middle, and the end. Because if you don't like these sports, the moment you get hurt, rehab's going to suck anyway. Yeah. Kobe Bryant. Sorry. I sent you guys a lot of Kobe Bryant stuff. And I think I sent you. I know I sent you this one Kobe Bryant story when the trainer at the time, Gary Vitti, was the trainer for the Lakers when Lakers, when Kobe tore his Achilles. Right. Kobe's the only athlete I've ever seen, person I've ever seen, walk off an Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. He walked to the freaking sideline. Your foot doesn't even go up and down by itself because it's just flopping because that tendon is what keeps it right. in place. Dude walked, slid his foot over there. Gary, to wrap it up for me real quick so I can go in the game. I feel like my Achilles is up with it, like it, like it snapped, like someone kicked me in the back of my leg. I kept trying to pull it down. It's one of the words. Gary says, you know, Kobe, it's another way it works. I can't tape this up. It's another way it works, son. He says, what do you mean? You just put some tape on it. I'm good. I'm going to go out there and shoot my free throws. I'm going to finish this game. He says, you may be able to go and shoot that free throw, but you're not playing anymore today, if at all. That dude went out there again with that slept foot mm-hmm. and shot them free throws. And they had to call timeout so he could slept again, and he wouldn't let nobody help him get off the court. And I, I remember seeing, I'll, we'll find the footage. I encourage you to find that footage, find his story when he talks about that. Yeah, I've seen that video. When you got back to the, when he, do you see the part when he got back to the locker room? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> when he actually realized and accepted, because acceptance, again, those steps, acceptance is one of those next steps to help you get, you know, admitting there's an issue and accepting it, part of the grief cycle, helps you get beyond, helps you get better and heal. When he accepted the fact that he was actually really hurt and what really, really happened and having a glimpse 
of what was to come for rehab, his family wanted to come and see him. Right. What are you telling? Hold on a second. Don't, right. don't come in for a minute. He kind of had to get himself together because he didn't want his kids to see him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excuse me. Sorry, y'all. That my nose is going on. My, but I've had a long sinus day. Had a cold. But now, do parents, should we not show our, our kids our emotions? Okay. I'm, that's that's a between a parent and their kid. I'm not right. telling you. I'm not saying he was a bad parent. I'm not saying it was a bad choice. I'm just saying my parents used to hide junk like that from us all the time. I didn't know my mom was sick. And how bad she was sick, sick. Well, I knew she wasn't. I knew, I knew she was an organ, a kidney recipient. I knew, you know, she had had some medical conditions. But I didn't know to the extent until she was in the hospital, like dying. And I get this call. Oh, by the way, and I'm like, how long has this been going on? Years. That's a, those are choices people make, right? When he got himself together to see his receive his kids. The kids knew dad was hurt. But he was able to then interact with them in a way that they that he thought they needed. Right? So I encourage you as you move on is that you need to interact with people the way you need to. Not the way you think we need you to. Mm. Make sense? Yeah. Because if you kind of live your life the way you think I need to hear, and you think I need you to be, and when you think all your other friends think they need you to be, in moments like these, these quiet times, they're not there and I'm not either. I'm not in your room with you when you're having those panic attacks and the aching pain in your chest because you know it's jacked up. Right. So you have got to make the choices to deal with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you're the only one that's going to be there with you all the time. Until you get that relationship right, the relationship with everybody else is not going to matter. Because we're not out there with you, whether you're playing sports on the starting line, on the sideline, whatever line it is, or lining up for food stamps or whatever. Nobody there with you. But other people that are like you. you. You follow me? Yeah. So, for you to be able to be the best you can be, it's going to be a lot of moments when you're going to be by yourself. Yeah. Training. Working. Whatever training looks like. Writing a story. If it's writing if it's writing your signature the same way. Whether it be learning graphics. Practicing. That's why I sit out here because I'm trying to learn. You know what I'm saying? To do this stuff. Printing. To get it right. And, and be example. That, or whether it be sports and lifting and training and running around. Whatever, whatever it is that you need to do. You can't wait on anybody else to do it. You're going to be out there. There's going to be instances where you're going to be by yourself. And you're going to have to decide that you're good with that. Because if you're not, you won't get out there and do it. You won't get up off the floor if you get knocked down. You won't come out of the room tomorrow and face the world, face yourself in the mirror. Or you'll do like I did for Bro, almost two years. Didn't look at myself in the mirror. Can you imagine? Brushing your teeth, wash your face, whatever you gotta do, cut your hair, don't look at yourself. How is that possible? I did it. I can tell you it's possible. I did it. Not proud of it. I just don't want you to have to be like me. The bad parts. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, 
but you're going to make your own bad parts. But I encourage you to share the bad parts with people who need to hear it. There's going to be some people out there who are going to want to make you feel bad, and they don't need to hear it. Right. Some people don't need to hear it about what happened. But there's going to be that one. But they're going to need to know. Because it's going to save their life. Yeah. So then, in fact, there's a gentleman I want you to talk to. I've already talked. He just we just got to connect the two of you guys together because his son has a has an interesting story to share. And his son is still not on point. His son has given up a lot of his life. And I'm tr- I'm trying to get you connected with the son, but. It's not really, I'm not sure how healthy that is to do that. But I want you to be able to understand that, yeah, there is a tomorrow. There's a recovery. There's a road back, Mm. right? Sometimes it's long. Sometimes it's short. But there's a road back. And it only gets longer the longer we allow it to be longer by not going through the steps. Right. But there's no way to short circuit the process. Right. But you just gotta know. Okay. Coming back. Okay, like you know, when you came out of the the groin injury, you knew that you could do certain things, mm-hmm. right? When you broke your finger, you knew there were certain things you could do with that hand, certain things you couldn't do. Right. But did you give up? What if you What if you didn't try to rehab the finger? Then what? What went bad? Well, you couldn't Probably. do it. You couldn't do. Do anything really. And that's your right, your dominant hand, right? Yeah. Could hold a pen, mm-hmm. could play video games, could hold a glass, could shoot a basketball, right. could tie your shoes, right. could button a shirt. Right. Those, that's what that, that's what giving up would look like if you didn't try. So I'm encouraging you to not, you can't give up. So anything else you want to share? To, that's it. All right, we stop it here. Thank you for wanting to do this. Thank and you. I'm here if you want to do it again. We haven't done many episodes. I think we did this is maybe our second, maybe third in 2023, and I'll I'll do my best to release them, and we'll have to go from there. Figure out what it, maybe this is a way to jumpstart 2023 for raising Minshaw. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're down, I'm down. I'm down. All right. Love you. Love you. Yeah.